the time the ball winds down It's so heavy free for all, babe All the hot people in Tinseltown Stepping, stomping to the ball You have a beer? I do have a beer. Really, that's all you need. There's a 2017 film named Foxtrot. Uh, it's Israeli, it looks like. Okay. Uh, a troubled family must face the facts when something goes terribly wrong at their son's desolate military post. It's like a horror film? Um. Like a thriller? Let's see. It says that somewhere on here. It says drama. I don't like watching dramas. Dramas, I don't know. I feel like they take themselves far too seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Who are they? Have we talked about the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake yet? No, I didn't watch it. Did you finally get around to it? Uh, Yes, we we were talking the other week uh, about how I was watching the Friday the 13th film series and then started watching the nightmare on elm street film series uh after that and uh at the time that we talked i hadn't made my way through the series all the way yet i still needed to watch the nightmare on elm street 2010 remake and uh boy is that movie a fucking pile of shit oh yeah how's it go um it's I don't even remember. It's it's a it's a bunch of like, it, it's that torture porn area uh, era of horror films. Yeah, and so like they play it super straight and like it the the movie isn't fun at all, which right. is like something that the Nightmare on Elm Street movies excel in. Right. It yeah. Just, it just has the wrong tone all the way throughout. Yeah. Even the worst ones are still pretty like they're fun. They're dumb fun. Right. And uh, this is this is not fun at all. This is dumb. Um, you know, you, you have the redesign of Freddy Krueger, but even that, like, <laughs> as much as it's kind of uh, jarring to see, is not within like the top ten problems of this film. Uh, <laughs> uh, there, the only positives I'll say about it is uh, that they did have a c- couple of cool special effects shots. But they were all—all all of the good ones were totally stolen from the other films. So, like, you know, this, frame and all—they just lifted the scenes. They just cut it. Yeah. From the old ones. Uh, yes, they—they they didn't even reshoot it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds all right. No, uh, they reshot it, and it's you know just worse, darker versions of everything. Like darker, you can't see anything. Uh, yeah. Oh, and it's all about how he was a child rapist. Yeah. And he didn't kill the kids in this one. He just raped them and let them go on about their lives. Oh. Whereas in the original film... He did both. I feel, I feel like there's a hint that he's raping them, but they never really say that. I, I, I feel like they only really say that he killed them. Yes. But uh, in this one, it's clear that he is raping them and letting them go. That sounds horrible. Uh, yeah, so again, it, it takes all the fun out of the film. Uh, yeah. I gave, it, I gave it one star on Letterboxd, and the only reason that it got a one star and not half a star 
is uh, it has a couple of cool shots lifted from the other films. It's got um, that little guy. It's Freddy. Uh, it's yeah. Not, it's not Brad Dorif. It's um. It's uh. He's Rorschach. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I don't know his name. He's not. Got, it, Haley something? Yeah, Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> yes, excellent. Is it like Jackie Earl Haley? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, the guy that killed Martin Luther King. Uh, yeah, Lee <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. No, James Earl Jones. Jones. Ray. James Earl Ray. Who is Oswald? Did Oswald he shoot Kennedy? Kennedy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this podcast is about to take a turn. This Even, is this is one of those intersections about whether or not we introduce the show and start talking about pornography. You've been talking we, about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake for the past five minutes. Let me talk about the Kennedy assassination. Go ahead. I think he did it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. People say he didn't, but he probably did. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. Well, uh, thanks get... for listening to the Raincoat Report this week. Yes, thank you. That was that was it. That was it. Uh, time really flies. Time really fly f- fries. No flies. Time really flies, and don't forget your raincoat. All right, I'm gonna go to bed. All right. Uh, welcome to the Raincoat Report. We're back. Welcome back. Um, it's New Year's. It's New Year's. We've gotten started early. What? Day. This one's not coming out on New Year's. This is coming out New Year's Eve Eve. Uh yes, yes. Just like the other ones, Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah, because Christmas and New Year's are always exactly a week apart. We put them right in the middle of the week. Not us. Yes, we put the podcast in the middle of the week, the Wednesday. Yes. So we're with the rotation of the years, uh, based on the uh, the calendar, I believe. Um, in the lunar cycles and such. In five years, I believe. Well, wait, leap year messes stuff up. Yeah. Maybe like four years, it'll be dropping on Christmas and New Year's. That'll be cool. All right. Um, We're going to have done so many episodes in four years if we keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. I don't have anything else to do. Uh, That's fair. Uh, What do you think about, what did you get for Christmas? What do you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a struggle because we have to drink through the New Year's episode that we're doing right now. And we're trying to be as festive as possible. Yeah. Uh, But then we're going to record another episode. So here in a couple hours, we're going to be real sloppy, as we tend to be. I I want to reiterate something to our listeners who may not have caught on to this. But uh, while we try to be a bit academic when we go through this stuff, uh, at the same time, we're drinking heavily. That's why every once in a while when I'm editing an episode, I realize that either I or Jeremy has said something that's just completely inaccurate, and then I just have to shrug my shoulders and go on, because we can't just go back and re-record it. I mean, we could, but... I'm not doing it. We're not going to. No. Uh, I'm dedicated to quality. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, buyer beware. Yeah. Quit stalling. What'd you get for Christmas? Oh, uh, I got uh, an assortment of butt plugs and some movies. Oh, cool. That's the perfect gift. Yeah. Uh, I got I got some stuff, but most importantly, what I got was uh, from uh, from our uh, one of our fans in uh, Virginia. 
uh, sent me a cameo, which is a little like service where like celebrities will uh, just record like a little personalized message for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a little video and everything. Uh, it's not the kind of gift I would normally expect to receive, but it was it was pretty neat. Um, so my uh, our listener got us uh, John Cassier. Uh, yes. Yes, uh, the Crypt Keeper. And it's a great gift. I loved it. Uh, I was smiling from ear to ear. It's the sort of unexpected thing that uh, makes you think the world is a good place for a little while. Uh, I think that before we say anything else about it, we should let our listeners experience it. Yes. And um, then we can we can talk about all of the components that make it excellent. You hit play. I'm going to finish this beer. All right. We'll do that. Wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Goo Year. <laughs> oh, hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Cusier, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And today, I have a special Ghoul Tide message for my good fiend, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Jeremy. Heather wanted to send you a beast of a of a holiday, or as I like to call it, holiday message. <laughs> I thought it would be wonderful to give you a special shout out to you, and of course your vintage. Porn Review Podcast, The Raincoat Review. <laughs> As one of the ghouls in one of your movies might say, I love a ghoul who give you head and then let you keep it. <laughs> but seriously, I do hope you enjoy the horror days. Deck the halls with pots of Charlie. Fa la 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 la. <laughs> and speaking of pots, yes, in in good faith and in good thoughts about your porn review podcast, have I got a bone for you? <laughs> All right, so uh, John Cassier. Yeah, what a guy! What a guy! I don't know how much of that you put in, but uh, I was I was just gonna drop it all in there. Just drop Why it not? all in, yeah. Drop it all in, toss it in, mix it up, stir it around. Uh, so you might have noticed uh, if you're actually, if you're listening, uh, you tell them. Well, John Cassier thinks that our podcast is called the Raincoat Review. Yes, which is a beautiful, excellent thing. Yeah, I think that that makes it much better. It sends it over the top. It was already, like, near the top. It was scrambling up the wall about as fast as it could. Right. And then it got a little uh, extra extra pep in its step and went right over the top. Yep, right up the top. So, thank you. <laughs> it's... It's a beautiful Christmas present and something that we will cherish for years. Yes, forever, for time to come. 
from come time to come time. Yeah, um, you couldn't see it, but he starts the video with the little cutout Cryptkeeper mask, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> excellent. Yeah, he also has a little flat bill hat with a uh, the little the, the the host of like the Tales from the Crypt comic, like oh, the yeah, witch yeah. and all that stuff. It was neat. It's pretty awesome. I appreciate the John Cassiers like hell yeah, I'm the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. That's his life. Was he's he's not one of those guys who like does a role and gets famous for it, and then like tries to turn their back on it regardless of whether or not they're otherwise successful. Yes, people that are like, "Ooh, I'm not the crypt keeper anymore. I'm, I'm John Cassier. I'm much more than that." Are you? You're you're just talking about Leonard Nimoy, <laughs> I think basically <laughs> up until like probably like the 90s or something yeah i think he really rejected that role for a while um he he leaned into it at the end at least trying to think there's a lot of people that i guess do that people that get typecast and get mad about it yeah i would just be typecast i bet it's fun yeah it's definitely better than just like not working yeah especially if you get typecast as like something cool like a vampire or like i feel like the people who get typecast are usually like villainous types yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, like like look at Vincent Price. Yeah, Vincent Price was Vincent Price <laughs> in everything, uh, for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah, and uh, it was great. Yeah, it was fine. He seemed to have fun with it. Yeah, um, yeah, because he was he loved wine and yeah. art, <laughs> and the best way to do that was just to be himself. It's uh, it's good stuff. That's great. Uh, what are we talking about now? We're talking about how we need to get more people on Cameo to do shout-outs for our podcast and get the name wrong. Yeah. Just let them just fuck it up every time. And just put it in an ad. Uh, I don't know how much a Cameo costs. I don't know. All I know is that our podcast currently has a, a, a savings account that has opened up. And by a savings account, I mean... Uh, we've got a, uh, relatively small portion of money set aside for the podcast, and now we can invest that in, uh, whatever, uh... Oh, yeah, we, someone sent us money. Right. <laughs> what a fine time. It's a man, a man I know. Yes, a man you know sent us money, so now we're going to invest that into a cameo. I okay. wonder what level of celebrity we can afford for the amount of money we have. Uh, a minor one. We're not going to get The Rock. No, we get uh, maybe a Hornswoggle. Yeah, I think we could get Hornswoggle. Yeah. We might be able to get two from Hornswoggle. Two cameos, just two messages, one to each of us? Uh, yes. Just the only thing different is our names. <laughs> and just like him looking more tired than <laughs> one than the other. I You should get a job doing cameos. Okay. I think uh, we've built up enough of a fan base now that you could request that and uh, (laughs) that would be reasonable. And be like, why isn't Jeremy on Cameo? (laughs) Could you you imagine, though, being at the point in your life where, like, all you did ever, you know, one day a week or something, you just sat down and did two minute videos that you made like 50 bucks off of? Like each? (laughs) That would be, that would be pretty cool. Just hammering them out. Just pop them out once a week. And then the rest of the week, I just skulk around in my Keeper cloak. <laughs> <laughs> I assume. 
so happy new year. Happy new year. Uh, again, we're a couple days before, but you know. Oh, we, we're, we started early, right? Yes, we started early. That's why we're rambling and incoherent. Let's tell them that you can stay up late tonight, but you have to go to bed early on New Year's Eve if you stay up late tonight. Yeah, that's the rule. Yeah, that's, your, that's what your daddy say. <laughs> your daddy's at the raincoat report. Yeah. America's favorite dads. Yeah, we're the raincoat daddies. <laughs> <laughs> we're the raincoat popping daddies. <laughs> uh, so this week we're talking about Foxtrot, uh, a little New Year's Eve celebration uh, directed by Cecil Howard, a very prolific director and producer and writer in the uh, porn industry. What else he do? Uh one of his big ones was Scoundrels, which I believe won the first uh, best film on, at the AVN Awards. That's all Scoundrels. Uh, yeah, Scoundrels is pretty interesting. Pretty good. Um, what I've picked up on here is <laughs> that Ron Jeremy is to Cecil Howard what John Holmes is to Bob Chin. Uh, yeah, that's probably right. I don't know how many more movies he's had him in, but... I feel like once you find a guy with a big dick, you just kind of hold on as tight as you can. <laughs> That's what my girlfriend told me. Oh, yeah. She's prolific, just like John Holmes. Yes. It's very, uh, edit all this out. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to edit your voice out of the episode altogether. Yeah. And it's bad. It's a bad voice. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, Foxtrot. Uh, Foxtrot is a pretty star-studded event in the sense that, like, uh, there's a million characters in it. There's a lot of them. There's perhaps too many. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of get into that as we give our more measured, uh, response to the film, but, um, we've got names like, uh, Veronica Hart, Samantha Fox, Vanessa Del Rio, Sharon Mitchell, um... We got guys like uh, Arbola, Robert Kerman, uh, Ron Jeremy, and uh, Bobby Astor. Yes, uh, I like I like Bobby Astor. He's a he's a fun guy. He's a fun guy. He's not a handsome guy, but he's a lot of fun. Uh, we had Fred Lincoln as well. Was he in this one too? Yes, Fred. Well, let's see, Fred L. Lincoln. Oh, the voice of Abel. What is that? Uh, Are you on the wrong movie? No, this is this is Foxtrot. It's near the bottom. It says Abel voice as F. W. Lincoln. Abel. I don't think it's the same guy. I mean, that, that when I click on the IMDb, that's the same guy. Okay. I just don't know who Abel is in this film. Yeah, they don't do a... Okay, that's one of the first things, um, if you watch the film, you'll notice. They don't do a good job of establishing characters. But, they, they, but I mean, he is listed as voice, so they maybe don't it's do somebody we don't even see on screen. They don't good, they do a good job of establishing the voices. Uh, yeah, I guess not. Uh, but yeah... We got a bunch of people in this movie. It's all about everybody going to a New Year's party, so it's uh, relevant. And uh, we'll we'll get into all of the uh, good, fun, fun stuff that goes with that. Well said.
Well, <laughs> I feel like tonight's episode is going to be a struggle. It's going to be great. I've only been awake forever. <laughs> how's uh, how's work going? Well, other than that other thing that we're going to talk about later, uh, is there any better feeling than finding money on the ground? Uh. I can't think of any. No, there's not. I found $20 on the ground, and it was a great day. <laughs> um, and then uh, a religious lady came through and gave me a Christmas card. And when I opened it later, there was a McDonald's gift card in it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I have to turn away from the mic to belch because I had McDonald's today. Um Oh, and then we were taking out the trash, and I found a uh, double-decker oatmeal cream pie at the bottom <laughs> of one of the boxes, um, and now it's mine. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it was a good day for me. Everything's turning up Jeremy. Yeah, for once. Just uh, yes, the day before was probably the, the, the one of the lower points of my life. <laughs> um but we're going to save that. We're going to tease that one. That one's going to get teased for a while. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna edge for a bit. Yeah, I'm going to let it simmer. <laughs> okay, well, uh, on that note, we're going to go ahead and take a little break here, and then we will come back and talk about Foxtrot. something hot cooking for the big one the old goes out the new comes in and baby you're gonna rock tonight the adventures of briscoe melt jr <laughs> the show had um bruce campbell on it i believe oh yeah yeah the adventures of briscoe county jr well that's pretty cool yeah but it sounds like it does sound like a sandwich from arby's yeah it does Um, briscoe county jr melt yeah (laughs) (laughs) that sounds good i want one yeah me too when we uh get done with this we should go get briscoe county jr melts all right is there an arby's nearby there is actually yeah there is i've seen it too (laughs) i've never i've never been i've been to that arby's a couple times not a whole lot. I'm not a big Arby's guy. Once on New Year's Eve. Once on New Year's Eve. I found $20 in the line at an Arby's when I was going in to use the bathroom. Really? Yes. Um, so, you know. Everything's come full circle. Yeah, basically everything is, time is a flat circle. Uh, because I'm back working with boxes like I was when I was a teenager and I'm basically wearing the same uniform that I wore during um, grade school. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has changed at all. Uh, excellent. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but uh, this year, things are going to be different. Yes. It's going to be our year. It's going to be the year of the raincoat. Is this where we get to make our New Year's resolution? This is where I flip the whole table over because I'm overcome with the festive joy. <laughs> 
De festive joy. Just festive. It's a heavy oh, okay. table. <laughs> and I've got a bad back. I'm going to stop now. Oh, tell us about Foxtrot. I'm going to keep working on it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so stick around for the end of the episode when we give our New Year's resolutions. And when I destroy the kitchen. <laughs> You've got something to look forward to, so don't tune out, ladies and gentlemen. We also have the <laughs> film Foxtrot to look forward to. Uh, Foxtrot opens with some credits. Uh, it's uh, got the Foxtrot theme playing. It's good. It's jazzy. Yes, a nice little little jazzy fun show. It's a little jazzy funk fest um, with good lyrics. You'll probably hear some of it. I'm sure they've heard it by now. Oh, yeah. On this episode. Oh, yeah. They don't have to listen to the start of the episode where we just talk. Uh, yeah. I mean. Before the, before, the end, before the music plays. Yes. When we're not recording. Oh, yeah. No. No. Foxtrot, sorry. Foxtrot. So we get some uh, credit sequences with a bunch of like illustrated uh, little icons and stuff uh, dancing around in the credits. So uh, we get some text on screen. Out with the old, in with the new. Beverly Hills, New York, San Francisco. Get ready for a night of unforgettable passion. And thus the stage is set for Foxtrot. Now, Foxtrot is an interesting film in the sense that uh, there's a million characters and we keep cutting back and forth between people's stories. So, it's an ensemble um, film. It's a real, yes, it's a real ensemble. Yeah. Uh, but in doing so, it's kind of hard to keep track of everybody. Um, so we start with uh, a scene introducing Darcy... And what's his name? It's an old man. Uh, yeah, the old man who is Luther. Oh, played yeah. Played by Jake Teague. Okay. Uh, Luther. If you say so. Is uh, in bed at the start of this, and his maid, Darcy, uh, played by Tiffany Clark, is uh, decorating this nice, fancy house for a party. And she steals a little jam. Uh, she yeah she uh, brings dinner to the old man uh, Luther in bed. She tastes uh, the yeah she tastes some like fruit or jam or something that's in a bowl. Yeah, with her fingers, which is unsanitary. She's a jam bandit. <laughs> she uh, starts uh, picking up some clothes in the room, and then Luther pops up and out of bed and startles her. He asks where his wife is, and she tells him that she's away. And then he starts telling Darcy that he's been watching her for a long time, although she knows that she just came to the house last month. He asks her to turn back the sheets, and she pulls them up to reveal his dong. He is naked in bed. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be? I guess that's true. Uh, as, uh, as he's staring at her naked, he goes, you're afraid, aren't you? You're afraid because you love it. Your pussy's throbbing. Your nipples are getting hard. Yeah. He's just jerking off, right? Yeah, he's basically just jerking it at this point. Yeah, he's doing, like, the same thing like Louis C.K. did. <laughs> he's trapped them in the room and forced them to watch him masturbate. 
He tells her to raise her skirt, and he starts feeling her crotch and notes that she's wet already. Then he has her pull her panties up tight into her uh, vagina crack. Yeah, into her into her labia. Uh, yes. Get them in there. So she starts fondling herself as he's jerking it, and then uh, he puts his cup of tea against her crotch. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, reacts to that. Yeah, I don't really. Was it hot? Uh, I believe so. That I, I think that's what that was. I thought he was like catching some squirt in his cup, but I don't think. I think I just imagined that. Uh, I don't think so. Probably not. So we cut from that creepy sequence to get to our next creepy secret. Our next creepy secret. Our next creepy secret in our next creepy sequence. Uh, we see a woman writhing around naked in bed. And uh, we see Arbola playing Artie, looking out the window, staring at her. Uh, she changes the tape that's playing, and she's listening to uh, these erotic diaries that she keeps. And we hear her listing a bunch of dirty words and phrases as uh, she dances around naked. Uh, then we hear it on the tape a guy complaining about her talking like that and saying that she's too kinky for him. Artie's watching her dance around uh, from across the way. And she opens up her blinds more as she notices that she's being watched. And then she says she'll give him something to watch and kind of falls backwards and starts masturbating uh, in view of the window. Uh, we continue to hear her tape playing where she's talking dirty uh, as she's masturbating, and then she uh, starts to finger her ass as she's rubbing her clit. Yes. Unique technique. Yeah. Yes. The tape that she's listening to, the guy's like, I just want to go back to my wife and all kinds <laughs> of stuff like that, begging her to uh, release him from whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she seems like an odd chick. Meanwhile, in Artie's apartment, we can we then see his wife talking to somebody on the phone. Oh, that's Veronica Hart. It's Gracie. Yes. So we hear Artie's wife, Gracie, played by Veronica Hart, talking to somebody else on the phone, telling him that she wants to put her mouth around it. Um, and basically, they're phone sexing. Artie is, like, across the room from them, kind of far away, but still in the same room. Uh, but he's not really picking up on any of this because he's uh, watching the old rub down happening across the street. Gracie finally tells the guy on the phone that she's going to meet up with him at 6 o'clock. So we got to another woman talking to herself in the mirror, holding her tits. She's like, you better shake those tits oh, tonight, no. bitch. Yes, that's Brandy. That's uh, Samantha Fox. Yes. Okay. She says, you ain't a star yet. No way. Now get on it. So as she's doing all this and hyping herself up, we hear a baby screaming in the other room. Yeah. She says something about having made a resolution. Uh, from there, we cut to Celeste, played by Vanessa Del Rio, uh, and Ross, who uh, is in this scene just a naked guy with a headache. Yeah, but played by uh, David Schwimmer. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. He will be there for us. Uh, like he's been there before. Yes. That song was stuck in my head last night when I was trying to sleep. 
That sounds infuriating. I don't even really like that show. Like, I just actually dislike it. Right. But it was just in there, just rolling around the romantics or whoever. The Rembrandts. Uh, yes, the Rembrandts. Uh, but this Ross is David Morris. Close enough? Uh, yeah. David Schwimmer Morris. He changed his name in the 90s. I get it to escape his porn past. Uh, yes. Ross is complaining about having a headache, and she tells him to lay back and notes that his dick doesn't have a headache. Uh, so she starts to fondle him, and then she she has him roll over and uh, does this thing where she... Because uh, oh, he's kind of in a... like a, a doggy position. He She bends his dick back and starts yeah. to work it uh, from behind. Yeah, I've had that happen before. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it seems pretty cool. It's nice. It's a nice little... It's a nice, um, Nice little trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's a good uh, one to pull out. Uh, yes. The old reverse suck job. <laughs> then she does a little rimming. She does good work. Yeah, she does. Yeah. I love Vanessa Del Rio. We need to watch something that like she's like has like a bigger presence in. Uh, yeah, we shall. Because I feel like we've seen her in Corruption and this and maybe like one other thing. And she only ever has like one, two scenes tops. Right. Yeah, she's uh, she's in a lot of stuff, though. We're definitely going to come across her more. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Day 69 a bit, and then we cut to our next characters, so good luck keeping track of all of them. Yeah. Here we see Betsy, played by Merle Michaels, and Faith, played by Sharon Mitchell. Uh, they're making out in their kitchen, talking to each other, and they do a little bit of coke before they cut away from that. <laughs> uh, then we see Erin, the babysitter. She's on the phone with her boyfriend, Jonathan, telling him she has to babysit, but suggests that maybe he can come over tonight, assuring that the baby will go to sleep early. I feel like she's the first character that gets a name, but... Yeah. I, I don't know why it took so long. Yeah. But um, I think at this point you're maybe like, I don't know, like 10 or 15 minutes into the movie, right? Right. And we're like 10 characters deep now, yeah. at least. And they've only named one right. uh, explicitly. Uh, yeah. Taking notes here was hard because like I had to type notes with just like descriptors and then mm. go back and name people or. You All one handed. What, yeah. <laughs> what a pro. <laughs> Uh, so then we get to introduce to yet another character, uh, this being Lewis, played by Ron Jeremy. Yes. Uh, he's getting off a boat and placing a phone call. He's like a sailor. You can tell by his thick sailor's jacket. Yeah, he's a seaman. Pe he's got a peacoat. <laughs> so he uh, is trying to place a phone call, and then we see a flashback of him and Betsy, who we saw in the last scene, or a couple scenes back, with uh, Faith. Uh, so it's him and Betsy making out naked on a couch and she starts to blow him and he goes down on her. Um, then they start talking a little bit and he explains that while he was out of the country, he spent a night with a woman in a hotel and she explains that she was also unfaithful. Uh, she says that when, she, when he was gone, she went looking for a man and found a guy 18 and took him up to her room. 
Lewis, uh, as she's telling this story, starts to fuck her doggy style. And there's a point where the wailing saxophone drowns out the dialogue when they're talking. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Uh, she said that she tried to suck that man's cock, but it was too big. Oh. <laughs> uh, she also mentioned that the guy came four times and still wanted more. Uh, then Lewis asks Betsy if she came with him, and she doesn't answer. But uh, it's about this time that he finishes on her ass, and then yeah. we kind of fade out of this flashback scene and see Lewis still trying to uh, place that phone call, but nobody's answering. No. He's a cuck hog. He really is. So, Ron Jeremy, cuck hog. <laughs> Famous nickname. Uh, so then we've circled back around and we're back to the people that we met at the beginning, Darcy and Luther. Darcy is spanking Luther's ass. Uh, and then he tells her that she's going to come again before he fucks her and they start to 69. Uh, he gets a weird uh, egg vibrator and turns it on and puts it in her. It sounds like an electric razor. Uh, yeah, it does. It's very loud. Uh, but she comes, and it's about that time that Luther hears somebody coming into the house, and he uh, panics and uh, starts to get out of the way. So then we see Artie and his wife, Grace. Is it Grace? Gracie? Gracie. Gracie. Artie and Gracie. Artie and Gracie are coming over tonight for bridge. <laughs> Gracie asks Artie if he thinks she's pretty and uh, if he likes her tits, and and he says that they're great. Uh, but Artie starts to go off about how this is going to be a great year and all of this, and then Gracie asks if he wants her to sit on his face and then goes on to yell at him about how she could get laid easily uh, and then yells at him about going to the strip club and watching the woman across the street. So she's quite angry with him. But she decides she's going to go shopping in anger, I guess, and leaves. After she leaves, he says he knows where she's going and pours a drink and blames himself for fucking things up. So we cut from there to Lewis uh, walking away from the payphone uh, in the back of a bar. He gets a drink, and the bartender noticed that his girl wasn't answering his calls and suggests that maybe she has a date. Lewis assures him that his girl is faithful and shows a picture of her naked. Yeah, that's <laughs> how you know. The bartender asks if she has any friends and notes that he loves brunettes, and yeah, he, Lewis says he'll see what he can do. He goes apeshit over brunettes. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't just love them. Oh, sorry. I, I was not descriptive enough of his... Uh, well, you know, you just gotta appreciate a good line. Yeah. So, we cut to see Betsy and Faith 69ing. And then we see Lewis making his way to the apartment. The girls are interrupted by the door buzzer buzzing, but Betsy ignores it. And then finally, Lewis unlocks the door and walks in to discover the ladies doing it. Uh, Lewis said that he was there to surprise her. And she says that he did. Uh, Faith notes that Lewis has a heart on. But uh, Lewis tells them to, as he says, fuck off, dykes. <laughs> and uh, tells them to get fucked. So Faith asks if he's up, up to it, and he says that he is. So he pulls out his dong, and then Faith asks if he used that to swab the deck. 
Betsy tells Lewis to be careful with Faith because she's afraid of men. Uh, even though she was the one who uh, went cock seeking here. Yeah. Uh, Betsy tells Lewis to watch as Faith does things to her, and she straddles Faith's face and uh, eats her out. Lewis goes to penetrate Betsy, and she tells him not to put it in yet. Let Faith feel his cock. Uh, Betsy has really dangly labia in this scene. Yeah, just hanging around. Just hanging around. Uh, she starts to blow him as Faith kisses and licks all over, uh, all over Lewis's ass. She finally tells him that she wants him to fuck them both. So Betsy gets on top of Faith, and he's basically fucking them both for a bit. Yeah, he just goes uh, from one hole, one to hole the other. to the next. Yeah. It's a free-for-all. It's a real uh, all-holes-must-be-filled situation. They should be. Yeah. They are. They are. He finally pulls out and comes on them, and the girls kiss and look up at Lewis, and it fades to black. So then we go back to Aaron, the babysitter. She's saying goodbye to the mother here. Was the mother one of the other characters? That's Br- I think that's Brandy. Isn't that's right, it? yeah, because yeah. she had the baby earlier. Yeah, yeah. her okay. character changes significantly, so I can understand why you might have gotten like confused about who she was. Right, okay. So Aaron tells Brandy to break a leg and is dancing and shaking her butt in the doorway as the mom leaves, uh, Brandy. Then we cut to the topless bar, and we see Brandy getting ready in a mirror. It's at this point that Ross, who's a uh, trumpet player, I believe... Yeah, he plays the trumpet at the strip bar band. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what kind of bar it really is. I guess some kind of maybe like, it's like a showgirls type situation. Uh, but Ross approaches Brandy talking about his headache and they start to bicker. Uh, he says something about how he needed to check her legs and see if they're like the band said they were. She asks what that means and he says soft, smooth, and easy to spread. She yells at him, and she says he's a pain in the ass, and uh, he said that he heard she likes that, too. And so they scuffle a bit, and then they have an angry fuck. She gets on top of him, and at first puts only a couple inches in, and then tells him that that's all he gets. And he pleads with her, and she slides back off, and then back in just slightly again. She sits on his face, and then we see him eating her ass. And then finally, he fucks her in a few positions, pulling out and coming, mostly on her stomach. Uh, But the first big shot when he pulled out was onto her face. Yeah, she's going to be a real mess before showtime. She really is. She should have thought about this more. At this point, they get a knock on the door that is five minutes till showtime, and they giggle. Yep, they giggle and kiss each other. And then... We see two people in the dark kissing. It's Aaron, the babysitter, and Jonathan, her boyfriend. Why are they in the dark? Uh, I don't know. She offers to get him champagne and notes that it's hot, and she unbuttons her blouse a little bit. Uh, She goes to open the champagne, but he reaches around and starts to massage her tits. Uh, He opens the champagne bottle but spills it on her skirt. He then pulls up her skirt and starts to touch her, uh, and she says she's going to get some cold water, but the water is hot, so she's uh, reacting to that. But he's just kind of grinding against her, uh, but she says something's happening. Yeah, they're so awkward 
and uh, not yes. very attractive people either. <laughs> it's, uh, it's sub, maybe they could have left some of the subplots on the cutting room floor. Yeah, probably. So he sits her up on the counter and starts to fuck her. Uh, but he quickly pulls out and comes on her vagina, and then he pushes back in and starts to fuck her some more. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed how obscenely and offensively green the kitchen is. Yeah, it's quite it's quite green. It's All of it's green. I think all the appliances are green. The walls are green. This kitchen needed a real redesign. It's very stuck in the 70s when this is an 80s film. Yes. The 70s was the decade of all the greens and yeah. oranges. Yeah. Uh, so then we see the Heimsley building. Like peas and carrots. Yes, peas and carrots in the 70s. Uh, we see the Heimsley building and Lewis and Gracie are there. Did we miss the point? I think you did miss that. It's back before... Um... Okay, so yeah, there was a scene a little bit before where Lewis was at the bar and then we see Gracie at the bar as well. Uh, she talks about how she was stood up by her lover. The bartender says that a girl like her should be drinking champagne on New Year's, but she just kind of sits there and sadly drinks. But it's not much later that we see uh, Lewis and Gracie uh, going to the Heimsley building to Lewis's room there. She compliments the room and he starts to talk to her, but she tells him that she doesn't want to know anything about him. Not his name. Or anything. She just wants to fuck a stranger. She says it's a goddamn foxtrot. Yeah, it's a turning point. A foxtrot. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Uh, so he eventually tells her to it's shut a, up and dress. It's a fork stuck in the road. Oh, yeah. Like that song. That popular Green Day song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another turning point. Yeah, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the dick and tells you what's a, where to go. Yeah, tells you exactly where to go. But yeah, uh, Lewis tells Gracie to shut up and undress and get on the bed. So we see Lewis going down on her and then her blowing him. Uh, then he gives her the old pile driver from above. Oh yeah, the jackhammer. The jackhammer. Yeah, we're at a cross. We're at a cross purposes about the name. Uh, yes. Here, but we'll figure. We'll resolve it one day. Uh, yes, probably in a fight. Yeah, probably the loser gets jackhammered <laughs> you mean pile driven well we'll see on the day of reckoning uh this will be uh internet pay-per-view 14.99 yeah get your uh pre-orders in now or do it in the backyard yes um look for it in spring of 2021 do you think that you could talk your brother into uh getting into a book and belt fight with you in my backyard because uh, that would be good uh, content for our eventual Patreon. Probably. We'll have to, yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll work on it. Yeah, we'll work on it. We'll talk about it. Yes. Yes. I'll, I'll pay him. <laughs> Use our discretionary fund and hire my brother to be hit with a book wrapped um, in a belt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, uh, Lewis and Gracie fuck a bunch, and... Uh, he comes on her ass and then calls her beautiful and starts to fuck her again. Then he notes that it's close to midnight and she says she needs to make a call. So it's at this point that we get to see Artie with Zelda, who is the woman that he had been watching from the window. Uh, he talks about how he saw her through the window and she tells him that 
he should touch her, and she says that he could have her. So we hear her start a tape recording of this session as she has done in the past. Uh, she blows him and says that he has a beautiful cock uh, and starts to lick his balls uh, and starts seems to be feeling around his asshole area, but it doesn't really go anywhere. But we see her riding him reverse cowgirl, and he starts to thumb her ass, or uh, asshole, as uh, she's riding him. And she starts to suck his toes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Striking. Uh, Yes. (laughs) It hasn't come up before, I don't think. Uh, Yeah, I don't think so. It's her first toe sucking, and it's a, a lady sucking a man's toes. I feel like you're playing with fire if you're going to just go start sucking on strangers' toes. She is playing with fire. There's a bunch of candles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's a sexual witch. She asks him to suck her pussy, and then she starts to straddle his face as he's giving her oral. Then they start doing it doggy style, and she says, You fuck dirty, you son of a bitch, don't you? And then he's uh, fucking her in the ass. She tells him not to shoot yet. Uh, then we see her finishing him off with her hands, getting some cum on her face, and then smearing the cock all over it. There's this very long shot here. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> part of her performance art. Uh, with some surreal music. And then mm. uh, she throats it and grabs his balls. Yes. Uh, job well done. Yeah, she did a great Fine service. milking. Yeah, she was a, a fine, it was a full service milking yes we cut to a car parking and then we see celeste and another woman there welcoming guests this is uh luther's house and people are showing up for the party that darcy was uh decorating for at the beginning we see celeste looking around one of the rooms and she looks in the closet and finds luther naked in there with darcy Celeste asks what he's been doing with that girl, and he says, whatever he pleases, because it's his house, and she works for him. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Uh, Celeste says that she works for him, too. Um, She's the caterer for this affair tonight. He tries to get a hold of her, and she marches out with uh, Luther naked trailing her. So then we see the party at full swing with people dancing around, Darcy serving food, and Luther's peeking out at the party, but he uh, appears to be still naked as he's peeking around these pillars. We see Celeste sneak off to her room, but then Luther sneaks into it behind her. Darcy then locks Luther and Celeste in this room. So we see Luther making out with Celeste, Um, But she's into it, it appears, so that's good. She's leaning against a washing machine, and then he sits her on top of it and starts to go down on her. Then he turns on the washing machine and starts to fuck her as she's laying on it. Yeah. Um, We see them kissing, and they kind of sink down to the floor. We see some chit-chat on the party floor. Um, And I think that Darcy tells Luther's wife on him. But yeah. she doesn't really seem to care that much. Yeah. We see Celeste blowing Luther in the laundry room. Uh, he then leans her over the washer and starts to fuck her doggy style. She tells him to come on her feet. And he lifts her feet up and 
uses them to jack himself off and <laughs> uh, I guess finish on her stockings. I don't feel like I saw the cum. Uh, there might not have been a cum shot. I don't feel like we've seen this before either. So this is a... This is some stuff. Yeah, it's some new stuff. It's not my favorite stuff. It's no enema. Right. Uh, Celeste talks about how great of a fuck Luther was and says that they should do it again, but he says he has to go dance with his wife. Uh, it's at this point that we finally get introduced to Bobby Astor, who plays Roman, the producer. He's being approached by Alice, uh, a young woman who here is being casting couched, basically. Yeah, played by Marilyn G. Uh, yes. Yes. She mentions just getting back from makeup, and he says that it's awful. And I thought, yeah, it kind of is awful, the makeup <laughs> she has on. Uh, he tells her that there's a nude scene in the film, and so she opens up her shirt to show off the goods. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, at the party, we see Gloria, who I believe is Alice's mother, uh, flirting with Arthur, a young man. Yes. Um. Arthur Bola? Uh, no, Arthur is uh, a younger guy. Okay, I'm, okay, he's like, uh, okay. Played by... So we got Artie and Arthur? Uh, yes. It was bound to happen. There's so many characters in this that the names are going to start basically repeating. Yes, based off of the storyline written by Anonymous on here, it's Arthur... But then I see on the cast list there's Asher, A-S-H-U-R, which I think is supposed to be Arthur. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it's probably not A-S-H-U-R, yeah, Asher. Not, yeah, he's not like a Mesopotamian or a Babylonian. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so yeah, Gloria's flirting with Arthur. Uh, we see them sneak off, and he starts to go down on her with her over his face, and then she's on his lap as he fucks her from below on the toilet, actually. Uh, then we cut back to Alice and Roman, and she's sitting on Roman's face as he's licking her ass and vagina. Then he has her up on his shoulders and eats her more. Uh, we see her blowing him, and then him fucking her doggy style. And then her finishing him off in her hands and her eating the cum out of them. Roman says that they have a plane to catch. Alice asks what about her mother. Uh, Roman says that she'll get a line of her own. Uh, but then we see her mother, Gloria, swallowing Arthur's cum, saying he'd look good in jeans at the end of all of that. Um, <laughs> then we see Luther and his wife dancing. Uh, Darcy tells Celeste, welcome to the staff. Faith and Betsy in a bathtub together clang champagne glasses. Gracie leaves bed with Lewis, kissing him on the cheek before leaving the room. We see Artie in bed with Zelda as she asks if he can stay for a while. He says he has to make a phone call. Ross and Brandy are in bed and... Brandy says she's going to Hollywood, so I guess her dance tonight paid off, whatever that means. Whatever happened, she's going to Hollywood now. Right. She's made it. She finally made it. Uh, she won American Idol at the strip club. Oh, that's good. Uh, then we see Aaron and Jonathan uh, fucking yet again. Uh, but they say Happy New Year and kiss. And then we see the Times Square New Year countdown. 
we see after all of that happens and we get a happy new year, we see at the party a bunch of balloons falling from the ceiling and everybody's celebrating and dancing. Um, we see a, a neon happy new year sign and then credits. And we get the Foxtrot song with some uh, pink on black credit text crawling and... Uh, at the end of the credits, we see a quick cut together of the various story scenes in the film, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then we see Alice singing at the very end. <laughs> and uh, that was Foxtrot. That's Foxtrot. So a bunch of stuff happened, that's for sure. Yeah. It's not a slow film. No. it's <laughs> uh, It's definitely got pacing, that's for sure. If you're trying to take notes while you're watching it, you may find yourself having a little bit of trouble. Yeah, don't. We already did it, so don't do it again. Yeah, don't don't replicate our work. We're, don't. We break our balls for this work. Yeah, don't just steal it and put it in your paper for your college course because you're, <laughs> because you're lazy. Yeah, damn it. Hire someone out to do it. Yes, pay but, us to do it. I'll right. send you my notes if you pay me money. Yeah, I'll write your research paper if you pay me money (laughs) the offer is on the table yeah all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on foxtrot you better shake those tits tonight bitch you ain't a star yet. No way. Now get on it. There's something to be said for being a quitter. Yeah, I think that our country doesn't value quitters with the respect that they should. They shun them for some reason. Yeah. Well, speaking of quitters, I'd like to introduce our resident film critic of the podcast, Jeremy. It's me, the uh, quitter. <laughs> Um, and hopefully he can make it through this review without quitting our podcast. Uh, so, Jeremy, do you want to talk a little bit about Foxtrot? I'm going to talk a little bit about Foxtrot. Okay. A little, little ditty about Foxtrot and Diane? Oh, boy. No. <laughs> I really hate that song. It's perhaps one of the worst songs you hear <laughs> on the radio constantly. Um, Foxtrot, for starters... Are you about to hork? <laughs> um, this is a little pre-burp gas. <laughs> uh, excellent. Yeah, disgusting. Filth. Um, uh, Foxtrot's a little... I'm not really sure what Foxtrot is, to be honest. I feel like I kind of get what the director was going for, but uh, I don't know if he went about it in the right way. Like, I get kind of doing sort of like a little vignette kind of trying to bring all the storylines together type thing. Right. Like, cause, um, I'm sure there's like, I don't watch them, but I'm sure there's like romantic comedies like that. Right. Um, that kind of tie in everybody at the end. But, uh, and my, my constant gripe is, is there are just too many characters that don't get, it seems like they're going to have some kind of establishing like thing at the beginning. Right. But they never do. It, it never goes anywhere beyond just being like, we have to have this, and we have to have this and this, and we need about 30 of them. Right. <laughs> um, the sex is really good. 
like a lot of the stuff like i like the vanessa del rio scenes and uh yeah. stuff with zelda um yeah uh, you know uh general good sucking and fucking yeah yeah all abound rounds um but uh i just feel like overall it was kind of a film that wanted to eat some cake and have it as well or whatever <laughs> have the cake and eat it too in yes. a way uh, it wanted it all and in the end it didn't quite get enough right um in either like and because of that it doesn't really like i don't know for me it doesn't really register really strongly yeah. overall like it doesn't fail spectacular spectacularly and it doesn't like soar to great heights right and the overall like storylines that are present aren't particularly interesting. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I'd say it's probably about, uh, a 2.5. Okay. Um, like I liked it, but I definitely could have liked it more. I think, uh, it's the kind of film we're having like better, like editing, uh, of like the content and just kind of parsing it down would have done some wonders. Yeah. Like I, I, I guess I, I get it. Like they just wanted to like fill the movie with fucking, right? But um, sometimes less is more. Yeah, and uh, that's my final take. All right. Yeah, um, and like the real New Year's Eve, it's quite often a pain in the ass, <laughs> which I've heard you like. Uh, yeah, that's what's been said. Yeah, they're saying it. All the boys in the band at the strip yeah. club you work at. Yeah, they say I'm just like peanut butter. Soft, smooth, and easy to spread. A real freak. (laughs) Yeah, there's been a lot of confessions about it. (laughs) Uh, I agree with basically everything you said here. This film has a lot going on in it, and because of that, it benefits from being well-paced. It's definitely all action, perhaps to a fault. If you really think about it, the problem is that like we have all of these characters, right. but none of them really have a satisfying arc because there's not enough time for any of them to really... Right, they're just all very underdeveloped. Like, let's go through the cast <clears throat> list real quick. Sure. So we have Zelda. Zelda is some some sort of weird artist who artist lives across witch. the street from mm-hmm. Artie, who uh, just likes to be an exhibitionist and uh, is really sexual so her entire arc is that she masturbates while Artie watches and then she fucks Artie. yeah that's her arc right uh Artie's arc is that he watches her and fucks her but also his wife is uh cheating on him yes but he's cheating on his wife so it's kind of a wash right of course his wife gracie who is uh Cheating on him with an unseen man. Is that Fred Lincoln? Perhaps. Because it's a voice. That that would be true. He is probably the only person who would be just a voice in this film. Because um, I was trying to think maybe there was someone in the bar, but I can't think of anyone or anyone like a man calling off screen being like, Happy New Year! There's a bartender, but it's... You oh, the bartender is Cecil Howard. Oh, Okay. He did all right. He went ape shit for brunettes. Uh, yeah, he did go ape shit for brunettes. He destroyed the whole bar. Yes. So yeah, her whole arc was that she was cheating on him with some unknown <laughs> man, and then that un- unknown man stood her up. So then she fucked Ron Jeremy Lewis. Yeah. Brandy was just uh, she had a big night at the dance club. 
And now she's going to now Hollywood. Now she's going to Hollywood and she fucked Ross. Yeah, the band leader who had a headache. She hired the babysitter, Aaron, who had her boyfriend over and they fucked. Yes. And that is the whole arc with Aaron. It's awkwardly. Uh, yes. We had Betsy and Faith, who Betsy was with Lewis, but then she uh, decided she wanted to be with Faith, and then uh, both of them fucked Lewis before Lewis fucked off. Yes. Uh, and then they're having fun together at the end. Yeah, their whole arc is that, Betsy's arc is that she just cheats on Ron Jeremy. Uh, yes. With everyone. Uh, then at the end, we have Alice and Gloria, who just appear out of nowhere in the film. Yeah. In the last ten minutes. And uh, Alice fucks Bobby Astor, who also appeared out of nowhere in the last ten minutes. And uh, is going to Hollywood herself. Celeste is now a permanent caterer? Uh, yeah, she she belongs to... Uh, <laughs> to she uh, belongs to Luther now. Some of the conclusions are pretty funny, like interesting, but they're not like you know well developed. And there's this whole arc where like Luther's wife finds out about him fucking around, but nothing happens. Yeah, they're just like fuck it, it's New Year's. And... Yeah, we'll worry about it next year. Right. Uh, so yeah, and then we have Celeste Vanessa Del Rio, who uh, fucks a trumpeter and then fucks Luther. Uh, and then we have Luther and Darcy who fuck at the beginning. Then we have uh, uh, Ross who fucked Celeste at the beginning, and then also fucked uh, Brand- Brandy Fox. Yeah. Yes, this but was- yeah, if you if you go through all of this, I, I, that was actually a very long explanation. But it, but you'll notice that the entire arc of all these people is basically they fuck somebody. Yeah. Maybe two people. Yeah, and the those don't really. I guess it's kind of unfair to the. I don't know because we watched uh, Misty Beethoven not that long ago, and it's like such a better film that it's still you know like in my mind a little bit. Right. Um. But I'm mean, at two point five stands though. Yeah, I mean this film is really just a solid middle of the road film. Yeah. It is technically good. Not necessarily technically fantastic, but it's technically good. Yeah. It delivers on the goal of having a bunch of fucking on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's got a little uh, extra depravity. We talked about some things that we hadn't seen on the show yet. Yeah, so, that's true. Uh, we had that going for us. Uh, most of the cast is, you know, pretty attractive and they have solid sex scenes. But at the end of the day, this film as a whole doesn't really stand out from the pack. Uh, it's kind of really on that border between good and bad with it not really going anywhere particularly good but there's really nothing bad about it other than just the fact that the plot is incredibly middle of the road and just like things happen but there's no real consequence there's no stakes in this film yes like every time that you think there's stakes like my mentioned before about luther's wife like finding out about him cheating that's a moment that in a film it could have stakes but it doesn't really no and like lewis finds his wife his girlfriend cheating on him but his reaction to it is to have sex with her and her girlfriend 
and then mm. leave and go bang uh, Veronica, Hart. Veronica Hart. Yeah. So, I mean, there were no real stakes there. Yeah. Veronica Hart is upset with her husband and jilted by her mister, her yeah. mistress, <laughs> her mistress. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then she just fucks Ron Jeremy and... And so on. So on and so forth. There, there's no real stakes in this film, and that's one of the reasons why its plot doesn't really do a whole lot. That and there's just no character development. But yeah. as an excuse to get through a bunch of sex scenes, I've seen a lot worse. Sure, sure. Um, but this is definitely not any uh, anything that stands out from the pack. So I think 2.5 is a solid choice. All right. All right. So uh, Happy New Year. Happy to New everybody. Year. Yeah, thank you for listening We're to us. We're several beers deep now. Thank you for listening to us at midnight. <laughs> yeah, see you. Uh, Spending your New Year's with Dick Dick Clark. <laughs> That's me. Dick's out, Clark. Dick's out, Clark. Your move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any uh, New Year's resolutions? Because I just hope I don't die. That's understandable. So it's not really a resolution. I can't control it that much. You... you you have some impact on it. I'm going to make some choices that lead to me maybe not dying. There you go. I'm going to get get insured. Oh, yeah. That'd and, be a good one. Yeah, maybe I'll, I think Obama will do it still. Yeah. If I, get <laughs> I on think this, you, have to, you have to send him an email. Yeah. I have to go on his Twitter and get in his mentions. <laughs> um, no. A lot of people had, a, a, I think, a pretty rough year. In general, but uh, reflect on it. Mine's been pretty decent, like, for the most part. <laughs> um, there's been some definite ups and downs. Uh, astounding highs and um, crushing lows. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, I started this podcast. Uh, I didn't have to work for, God, almost a year, which was beautiful. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was... It really freed me. It set me free. Uh, I used to be a sheep. I used to be like, well, we got to get a good job and have uh, all this money. And now I'm like, you can just live in the garbage if you have to, I guess. <laughs> um, You're not living in the garbage, though. You're living at your mom's house. Yeah, but I could live in the garbage. I mean, you could. Maybe I will. Okay. I don't know. It's like to space out for a while and uh, look into the stars. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, the black stars at the center of the galaxy oh yeah yeah you know those guys no no uh there's will smith there's uh omarion <laughs> ernie mack um all the original kings of comedy are there oh yeah yeah um black robin williams is there <laughs> blobbin williams uh <laughs> blobbin Robin. Uh, Robin is not a good name for a person. No, it's barely a good name for a bird. <laughs> Let's go yell at some birds. All That's right. my New Year's resolution. Is I'm going to yell at more birds. All right. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, ups and downs. Good year for me. I grew a lot. I gained a lot of weight. Is what I mean. <laughs> uh, didn't do anything that's pretty cool yeah um that's it we made quite a podcast this year and my my resolution is to take the podcast to the next level whatever that be 
hopefully next year uh, the world is in a better place once we get a few months in and uh, we can expand things get some get some guests on which yeah. we've talked about before it isn't out of the realm of possibility now but it would be easier if oh, the world was a little bit uh, safer yeah if people just uh, yeah yeah it'd be safer yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're going to take the podcast to the next level, uh, to great heights. Uh, we're a little bit over a month away from Franco February, everybody. Oh, yeah, we're, so, we're, uh, do, we're doing it. And uh, we've got some cool <clears throat> stuff uh, set out for next month, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Let old acquaintance be forgot. Uh, yes. I think that's what the song says. Uh, as always... Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. We'll probably still have an Instagram. They didn't ban the bush yet. Yeah, I'm waiting for them to ban the bush. Jeremy published a photo where there's definitely visible bush. We can't see any lips. Maybe that's the difference. Perhaps. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. I expect that that's going to get pulled eventually. Seeing as less explicit things have been pulled. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Uh, at Raincoat Report, follow us on Instagram. Uh, we also have at Raincoat Report on Twitter, but I think we've mostly given up on it. I posted, uh, you know, I post the updates on there. Okay. Uh, if I see a surge and follows, I'll start posting more uh, explicit pornography. Excellent. Yeah. I think when you do that, I think it kind of like throttles your like reach down a lot. Oh, yeah. Which sucks, because why allow it if you're going to do that? But, um, you know, give us a follow anyway, you know? Yeah. Let me... Give me some likes. If you like everything, I'll post more. Uh, yes. Tell friends, get other people to listen to it. We need to expand yeah. our listenership. And if you want to, you can just PayPal us money at raincoatreport at gmail.com. Yeah, some people apparently like to do that. Uh, yes, and... Uh, Depending on how much money you give us, uh, that'll let us know how big of a cameo we can get uh, with somebody calling out our podcast, uh, potentially even saying the right podcast name. That would be great. Yeah, then we could use it to make audio ads for, I don't know, that we just post in our episodes for people who already listen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I could you can post them, you can probably make a little video for Instagram. People like video. Yeah. You know, someone will be like, oh, yeah, look at the video. Oh, yeah. Look at this finely edited video. Let's listen to that podcast now. Let's listen to that podcast now. Let me get everybody in my family to listen to it. Let me, when my family's all together at dinner, let me get out my little Bluetooth speaker and play the pornography podcast. This I heard year, about. on New Year's Eve, when you get your party started... And no one everybody's be dancing parties. around. No one should be dancing. Oh, yeah. But when you're at home alone on New Year's, <laughs> put on the raincoat report and share with your household pets the beauty of the podcast. Let yeah. them all listen. We'll keep you company, you know. And you know what? You've been a, you've been a good kid this year. You can stay up late on New Year's, too. Aww. Yeah, you can stay up and watch the ball drop. Uh, yes. Over an empty Times Square. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we won't be able to watch celebrities get 
Well, they might still be I, getting I drunk. I bet that there are going to be celebrities at home getting trashed. Yeah. Well, that might be good. Yeah, it'll be good. They'll be less regulated, so they'll really go all out. Someone will probably say a slur. <laughs> Excellent. So we have all of that to look forward to. So uh, in the meantime, help us keep 42nd Street alive, and don't forget your raincoat. Let's try.